cliffcentral.com. It is a great pleasure to have in the studio someone who we've spoken to a number of times on the Burning Platform. He's someone who's well-known to the cliffcentral.com family and audience, and he's somebody who is visiting South Africa for the first time in a long time. We'll find out why in just a minute or two, but his name is Soli Moeng. He's, of course, a widely experienced brand reputation manager, columnist, a worldview host, current affairs commentator, a part-time lecturer, and an all-round good guy who we're thrilled to have here with us today. Sully, it's so nice to see you in I'm person. I'm very excited to be here. Much better I'm looking really in person, right? I mean, <laughs> it's very really good to be here, finally. Yeah. It's very good to see you. So you are, most of the time at the moment, you're in Switzerland. Correct. I'm based in Switzerland. And yeah. Yeah, not, not necessarily voluntarily. No, when, we, when my, ask, my friends ask me, I say I'm there. Uh, not permanently, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, definitely. So there are worse places in the world to be, like Afghanistan or right. the Central African Republic. Right. But what is it? What is it like to live in Switzerland? It's a very expensive place, no doubt. So really? I live. I live a very simple life in a little town, probably as big as Stellenbosch. Uh huh. And I don't have car. I don't have a car. I took a good one thing. I did well when I left. I took my two bikes, my mountain bike. And my road bike. So I can just go into the forest or into the hills and on the road, hit the road. Cycling is safe. People are very respectful. The drivers, motorists are respectful of cyclists. And I could go into the site, into, into the forest at 8, 9 p.m. as long as it's light. There's no risk of somebody jumping me with a gun to take my bike. So that level of safety. I mean, this is what happened to me the last time I visited South Africa, actually, last year. My bike was taken away from me with guns and a knife, with knives. Uh, that's not going to make anyone want to stay. So I was saying it's great. I mean, it's also been a way, a place for me to, I didn't go there on holiday or that because I have a lot of money. I ran away from South Africa for more than 10 years. People in the name of the African National Congress were making my life hell. Everything I tried to do here was blocked. My friends were told you can't work with this dude. Uh, otherwise, you, that other project is going to go away. They, so, they were blocking me all just, over the just, place. Just, yeah, let's pause it for a minute there because I don't think people really, have, unless they've been paying careful attention, because when we've had you on the burning platform, we have in a, a, a sort of superficial way touched on this. Right. But what you're telling me is what people don't seem to understand about how when you're outside the tent, what happens to you. And it especially happens to black professionals yeah, and especially happens to those people who are often dependent because the government's the biggest client in this market, right? Sure. If you antagonize the wrong people, you are persona non grata. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that people are running around trying to kill you, although that happens too. Mm-hmm. It is that you are completely blacklisted. Yeah, definitely. And that you, you will find it very, very difficult to earn a living mm-hmm. and to make any contribution to society if the powers that be, and in this mm-hmm. case, mm-hmm. very particular members of that circle mm-hmm. decide that you are not worth spending yeah. time and effort on. Yeah. Look, I knew it for many years. People had warned me in the public, you know, I, I mean, I've, because of my activities, I've spoken to people who work in government, senior people, and I've been told that my name is on the blacklist. I want to see that. Like, so, I don't know if there's, there's a an physical, actual list. I don't know if there's a feeling, but they, they, they said you're on the blacklist. It's, look, it happened to Vosipikoli, remember? Mm. It happened to Temba Masayako, Arthur Williams. It's happened to a lot Didn't of people. did it happen to... Um, uh, Muka as well. 
Yeah, it happened to him as well yeah. after the thing. Yeah, Bulilan, yes, it happened to so it's happened to a lot of people. You see that some people have gone out to write books to talk about it. Some people have decided to go quiet. I know I know people who have gone quiet who are still there, who are still untouchable, who are afraid to speak out because some of them made the mistake during the Zuma state capture of taking of walking away with the golden handshakes with all those NDAs, basically giving you your platinum platinum or golden handshake provided at vitam and aeternum you say nothing so they know those are the guys who should have gone to this on the commission they haven't they have information that we need but because they took the money on, on in exchange for their silence this is what it is so they're just forever quiet many of them are there and, and this is not in your case because you were a whistleblower i mean this is no. just because I things that you power. right the things you've said yeah. have angered irritated and exposed some people, whether willingly or not, yeah. who have bad ideas, bad intentions, mm-hmm. bad agendas, and who followed through very many of the, yeah, of the times. Was, of, there was a government-funded campaign to destroy a project I started. I know the minister, whose name I will not mention here, who funded a campaign to say, make sure you destroy this thing that this man is doing. They called people, they called even associations, professional associations, to say, if you work with this dude over there, you're out. So it's, 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 so we, we tend to say this freedom of, of, of the press. Of course, there is relative freedom, but they don't arrest you like, like in, in, in Egypt or Rwanda or other places like that. But what they find other ways to destroy you. And Sully, in your case, um, what kind of work do you do on a day to day basis? We talk about the reputation management stuff. I mean, in effect, if they'd only paid attention, they could have really used you. I mean, they would have needed you in the last if, 10 years. If I had done spin, they would have preferred me. So I tell the truth. So the thing is, you can't deal with reputation if you don't tell the whole truth. If you don't, you have to put the stuff on the table and say, okay, well, let's look at the mess. Let's deal with it. But if you go and, I don't spin. I'm not, I'm not going to lie on behalf of any company. The best way to win a reputational battle is to deal with the facts as they are and, and not to trying to put plaster over a wound that is going to fester anyway. So, I, I mean, I, I, I teach at the, on the online campus of the EU Business School. They have campuses. Oh, they yeah? have five campuses, one in Munich, Geneva, Montreux, Barcelona, and the online campus. I also I consult when I get, you know, I collaborate with other guys to go to consult on reputation management matters. And look, to go to Switzerland, uh, I have a friend who said, listen, dude, I have a restaurant here. I really don't like my, my story to my story because I like to tell South Africa stuff, but because you're putting me in this world, let me put no, it No, I know, and, and, and we, we will move so on. I some, work for yeah. a friend of mine part of the time so that I could stay in Switzerland. He said, I'm mm-hmm. giving you, you know, a contract, which is like, it's called, it's a 50% contract so that you have the freedom to do the other stuff that you do, which is which works for me because I can pay for my rent. Yeah. I can but so I have a certain number of days when I work for him and, and then other days I do the stuff I do. I write, I comment on media, I do consultation, I teach at the EU business school. So it kind of balances things out, but it's, it's not like I can drive, I can ride for buy a Mercedes Benz with it. I'm not doing No, of course. And, and, and technically therefore you're also in exile. It's definitely. That's it's, what it's it is. It's a post-apartheid exile. It's what it is. Right. Okay. Yeah. So there are things in South Africa that people say you can't say, you've discovered what those are the hard way. Mm-hmm. And people do talk about freedom and they talk about freedom of expression. And you only know if you're really free because you can say whatever you want and right. there's no master who can make their authority felt in your life. So most people in the world live in some kind of 
slave relationship with the government, with their boss, with the company they work for, whatever it might be. Is it too much to say that there are a tiny, tiny number of people in the world who are actually free? Yes, I think so. I think a lot of people w- will even urge you on. Me, I get a lot of people say, yeah, so you're doing the right thing. Keep going, keep going. Say, if you say, let's stand together, you look around, you're the only man standing. There's no one there. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people are afraid because they have bonds to pay, cars to pay, school fees to pay, and that sort of thing. So it takes a lot of bravery to to stand up and look, in the, look the beast in the eye and say this far, no further. But, you know, history, the history of humanity has been made um, by people who stood up and said, we can't, I can't look the other way. And of course, there are consequences. So I, that's why I never want to play victim. I mean, I, mm. I came into the kitchen knowing that there would be, uh, there would be consequences, but I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to live like a meerkat. No, so sure. I left because at some point I, I was, I thought, damn, this is going to affect my, my whole, uh, my health. I needed a space to breathe. That's why I moved to Switzerland. But it has also, I mean, family, friendship. It's made a lot of these things impossible for you. Yeah, difficult. But also, you, I mean, I discovered after I left that some of the people who had suddenly canceled a contract on me or looked the other way, not way, they came and said, so, okay, this is actually what happened. This is what actually oh. made me, what made me cancel your contract. I mean, it's sad. <laughs> some of those people are friends. Some people were told, Remove solely from your website because as long as you have this dude as one of your associates, you're not going to get support. Wow. <laughs> so that, that's how that, bad that it direct, is. Eh? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, as I say, I know the individuals. I know I've spoken, you know, fortunately I've had the fortune of speaking to people who are boards of some of these SOEs, board members mm. and executives and who said, sorry, there was a meeting yesterday. Your name came up and this is what was said. Well, you're an esteemed company, I'm sure. Because the, the the other people on that list sound like the kind of people I'd rather spend my time with <laughs> than the people who are not on those lists. Because you've got a bunch of sycophants otherwise. Yeah, but even in the ANC, I mean, like I speak to some leaders in the ANC, not not corrupt people. I don't do so corrupt people. But and you but you say, have friends in the organisation, and oh, uh, you know you you probably know people in all the political. Some parties. of them, yeah. Look, some of these people will privately say. Solely, we need a voice like yours. Yeah. Don't stop. Yeah, oh, but if I you get say, them, I get if you say asking, let's go and take a picture together and say this, I'll say yeah. no, 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 no. I get them asking <laughs> me, and I'm, I'm by no, I'm, you know, I'm, I haven't been exiled, and I, I'm not living in the wilderness, although they've tried. Yeah. Um, they say, oh, you know, it's so important that you say what you say and that you stand up to the stuff, and then I go, well, would you like to do something about it, either with your time, your money, yeah. or your or your mouth, yeah. and they are, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. And they come I really, from all sectors. I really need that government contract. Yeah. I really need yeah. to have good relations with this yeah. minister. Yeah. They're a bunch of cowards. It's painful because those are the people who continue feeding the beast that they end, spend time at their price and dinner parties complaining about. Yeah. They feed the beast. And we're not getting, to, we're not getting out of the situation as we have, as long as we have people like that. We're prepared to, we're not prepared to sacrifice something at least. So, before we move off of your biog, because I know you don't love talking about yourself, and that's that's the true mark of a good reputation manager, stroke brand manager kind of thing. But just tell us about Africa Brand Summit and some of the other stuff that you've done, that you've been involved with over the years, because these are things worth talking about. Well, the Africa Brand Summit uh, was launched in 20... I established it in 2016. I was going to launch it in 2017, but, but that's when Ramaphosa became president. People said, okay, just pull back a little bit. I launched it in 2018. There were amazing people there. I mean, the former chief justice spoke, leaders in, in business media. The was that Mokwing Mokwing? spoke okay. there. Uh, Madonna Seller was there. Uh, mm. Bruce Whitfield, Jeremy Max, people in 
social in this civil society in media in and the aim of it was to say where are we going with this country let's look at south africa as a brand look let's go back to the dawn of a democracy when you do when you establish a brand you have a sense you, you need to have a brand vision when mm. you're taking this thing to so if you close your eyes in 2020 in 2019 in 1994 and you projected your imagination to this country based on the constitution the discussion at the time and the bill of rights and you you thought of it in 30 years time what do you see and if you right. open your eyes, say it now we're then in 2018, is this what you thought would be, uh, would be th- this, this time around? And of course it wasn't. Everybody agreed. No. So we said, we're not just having conversations. Let's have a conversations that end up with the, a resolution with a list of things that we're going to say. This must change. So that's what it was. And there was excitement. There was a lot of participation. Even some of these leaders said, let's take it to Jobek. Mukhang at the time, I mean, he had, he had just, you know, spoken against, um, Zuma, the, very brave, the, 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 again, a brave the, the man. Public protector reported come out. And I don't know about you, but I, I remember I was very worried that Mohoing Mohoing was a party guy, that he yeah, was overly religious, that he was consumed by his own ego. I yeah. mean, we always make assumptions based on the media and yeah, what they tell us. Exactly. And he ends up being one of those heroes he of our He said post- the right things at the right time when he needed to say right. so. So, so it just to fast forward, so, and I did that. So I took it to Joe back in 2019, and that's when there was a campaign funded by the then Minister of Communication, I won't say. Mm. But you, you could Google it for now. Sure. And that's when the, the the guerrilla campaign, it's not my vocabulary, people in the system told me there's a guerrilla campaign that has been put in place to damage what you're doing, to destroy the scene. It mustn't happen. They said, do everything to make sure the scene doesn't happen. The African Brain Summit doesn't come to Joburg. And they've, they've sued me. I've spent a lot of money. They said, you can't use that name. Apparently there were discussion where they said, this dude is from Zimbabwe. What, what is he doing here having these conversations? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, definitely. And they, they basically, I ended up taking it back to Cape Town on, in 2020, 2020. It was very expensive. I paid a lot of money. I'm still paying a lot of money. And, uh, it's, so we, we, we decided to lay it dormant because it's still happening now. Somebody else is doing it. I'm not doing it. Now I started 2021. January, I called a group of South Africans in business, again, in different sectors. I said, let's talk about South Africa. We established what we are launching now. This is what I'm here for. We launched TUSAM, the United South Africa Movement. Okay. Our, the aim of TUSAM is to say, I'm not interested in politics. People say, yeah, so you say, so just your voice going to politics. Everybody's going to politics. There are too many egos in politics. It's about me, me, me. I have the answer for South Africa. Even in the civil society movement, people are saying, are saying their own thing. And, of course, many of them, all of them are well-intentioned South Africans who think I can do this. But my view and the view mm-hmm. of the, the mat, the diverse group of South Africans I'm dealing with, they're, they're all colors all come from different, they're saying, let's get the people, not the politicians. We, we're tired of expecting yeah. politicians to, to tell us how it's going to roll. The political tale has been working the dog for too long. Let us, we the people, get together and say what kind of country do we want. So we, we've been launching, we've spoken to political parties, we've spoken to activists, civil society movements, I've been engaging a lot, media, business, as we say today, I've just met with BSA. We want to, to, to organize a people's summit. So explain to us what this TUSAM is, because, I mean, we've heard, you know, Musi Maimani launched his One Movement South Africa, uh, Songhezo Zibi. These are, these are people who are not, uh, on the face of it, corrupt. Yeah. Evil people, especially in the case of Songhezo, a very dignified and, and solid thinker he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's also someone who really does want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I can see that, but I have to ask why. You've already been in the firing line. Now you want to create this movement. 
which is going to cause you probably more headaches. It's going to certainly not win you friends and influence people in the, the, the maybe, maybe. in those coteries that got you on your bicycle in Switzerland in the first place. So, so what is it trying to achieve? How is it different from the others? Mm-hmm. What's the end game? If, if things go beautifully with Tucson, mm-hmm. how's it going to end up? And if things go horribly wrong, what could it cost you? Uh, first of all, I think it's my calling. It's a voice I found that I'm not going to shut up. I can't shut up. I mean, it's, I, I could easily say, you know what? South Africa is burning. It's going to hell. Let me just focus on a different life and just forget this. I can't, I can't shut this voice up. Okay. Okay. When you look at, uh, the, the, the Rivonia cycle and one South African movement, they were in civil society movements that eventually merged into Bosa on the one side and Rice and Zanz in the other. Right. Tusam is not going to contest the election. It's, there are no intentions okay. to, we, so we're not trying to create a community of people who, in, to whom we're going to say, okay, now vote for us. Now you know what we want. What we want to do with Tusam, and this is very important, is to bring South Africans from all sectors and diversity over two or three days at the People's Summit and say, let's look at the foreign service, the house in the presidency, let's look at the state owned enterprise, let's look at these things that we established at the dawn of our democracies, these so-called institutions of democracy. Let's look at how they've been damaged. Look at, so we can't keep trying the same thing over and over again and expect different outcomes. Let us agree on what needs to, so the changes that need to happen to South Africa, it's not just replacing Ramaphosa with my money or with, no, yep. the system is rotten. We need to, we right. the people to say, once we've gone through this process, this is what we want, this is what we do. You guys, my, the Mamani, Songhezos, and others who are going into elected politics, don't, don't play heroes and say, I'm the one who's doing this for you. I'm who's going to tell you how I'm going to tell you. We, we the people, are going to tell you what we want. So there'll be a chatter of resolutions that come from this thing. Look, there's, there's, it's not going to be put a, a legally binding. We know that, but we want it to be so morally binding because it's so representative representative of the voices of the people of South Africa. You want to say, you go into elected politics, we're going to hold you on this and this and this. So once you cross the line, you, you can be ACDP and continue pushing God and Jesus Christ. You can be Muslim, you can be Jewish. We're not stopping you from it. But let's agree on a basket of things that make us who we are as South Africans. I read this thing the other day about how diversity, which is one of those word, words that get thrown around, especially in the corporate world, and now here in South Africa. It started in America, obviously, right. where people go, well, diversity for its own sake is a good thing, which it isn't. Mm-hmm. It has been shown to not only be ineffective in any way, make no difference, or worse, do actual damage mm-hmm. if there isn't an aligned value system. Mm-hmm. If there's an aligned value system, mm-hmm. diversity does enrich right. every part of the process. Right inclusion, all of those words that we hear being parroted by certain people all the time, usually these over-swelled HR departments and, you know, someone on the board whose whole job it is to just make up nonsense like this because they have to justify their presence on the board. And a lot of these companies have gone along with this. And from the point of view of brand and reputation, something you've worked with for a long time, do you think a lot of people get it or do you think they just pay lip service because they know if they don't, they'll be seen as bad people? Pay lip service to brand or? To this idea of diversity and inclusion. Maybe some people do, some people don't. But I think that you need voices that will articulate it over and over again in a particular way so that you draw. Look, we're never going to be 
we're never going to agree on everything all of the time. But we are South African, we are diverse, whether we like it or not. This diversity is not going anywhere. Yeah. And there are some things that make us who we are as South Africa that are common to all of us. People must be Africana, they must be English, Zulu, Muslim, they must be what? And we must celebrate that. But we must agree on something, on values, on things that say this is so, non-negotiable. So and there are, there must be some constitutional changes. Now, some of the things we're going to demand are either short term, medium term, long term. Like, I think there are, and not just me, okay, whoa, 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 just go back a step. Too much prom- powers in the presidency. That must change. Okay. But what do you think are values? Cause I mean, I, I hate this question because tolerance is one of them. Okay. But is toler, tolerance sounds like something that an intolerant society opens the door just slightly to sound like a slightly better society. Yeah, that's what yeah. they do. You know, like if I tolerate you, that's not like I'm really accepting and generous and I see you as my equal. Mm-hmm. Tolerance to me means like patting someone on the head in a patronizing way and saying, I really look down on you, but I'll tolerate you. No. I don't think tolerance is a South African value. Do you think it is? Well, it could be. It should be. Let me tell you. The things, it's, these values are great. They have to be lived, but we need laws. You need citizens have obligations and have rights. So you could say, I could say, I don't like gay people. Me, I don't like gay people. I say, I'm mean, for not me. I'm just saying, giving an example. Yeah, you could oh, I don't like Muslims yeah. or Christians sure. or Jewish people. But the law must ensure that I don't stand in the way of those people to be fulfilled citizens and human beings who live their lives. So, right. what you can't you can't tell people how to feel, what to think about certain things. But you can regulate and you can describe punitive action when people act out hatred, like misogyny or yeah. stuff like that. So, so we have to have a system, but there's got to be consequences. The problem with South Africa is two things. One, we've been turned into an Orwellian animal farm. The law is for some people. Mm-hmm. We've been celebrating Bester being arrested. The Guptas are still running around. Jacob Zuma's son, who was a co-component of the Guptas enterprise, he comes and he goes out of South Africa. Nobody touches him. If you really wanted to go out of those guys, you would go after him too. So the law touches some people. It doesn't touch some other people. And that's not good. But there are also levels of impunity and arrogance especially mm-hmm. in the political elite, is terrible. So basically, those things are terrible. So what it really means is that the law applies to some people, not all to other people. There's got to be consequences. When so you live equal, in a country okay, where there are no consequences... But, but these... Are, I, I'm sorry to be a pain about ahead, this, but you've thought about this far more than I have. So I'm just... I'm trying to understand it from the point of view of let's build something together. The kind right. of stuff that... You know, they, there are so many people who are just negative about all the stuff that put this country... On a good footing in 94. Right. People are saying Mandela was a sellout. Yeah. Tutu was this just loud priest who should have rather shut his mouth. Remember, they called him a traitor because he criticized the ANC as well. Mm-hmm. The things that brought us together in 94 were not nothing. Mm-hmm. They were a big deal. Of course. We've lost our way. Yeah. I'm trying to understand based on the things that you're telling me what those commonalities are, what those things are that put South Africans together. I mean, People will argue about Bride Day and they'll say, it's not Bride Day, it's Heritage it's Day. And no one's, trying, you want. no one's imposing a bride on anybody, <laughs> but it's, it's like a thing that we exactly. all do to cook I call meat. it Bride Day. No one's sure, telling but, what you call but it. But people are upset about it. No, so no, I, them, I mean, get upset with silly things. Are there still things that bind this nation together? I'm being cynical as hell now yeah, because I, like I know that. you can actually handle this. Yeah. Are there things that bind us together? Because you will find in every quarter of the political environment mm-hmm. – People who are just willing to push wedges between everybody. Okay. I want to speak to you as a brand expert. Okay. This is it. 
every brand. This is what we're paying for, everybody. <laughs> You're getting this for free from Salim Wang. Every Go. brand, including destination brands, South Africa is a destination brand, brand, has to have a vision. Where are we going? I mentioned that earlier. You have to have a set of values. If you look at, if you read the, the constitution, the pre preamble to the constitution, it says, what kind of country do you want to build? Okay. You need leadership. Now, whether you like it or not, Mandela was a leader. Mandela was able to say to a group of angry, excited supporters who were going, we're going to get rid of the Springbok emblem. He said, no, we're not. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Springbok belongs to all of us. That's leadership. He was not seeking to be loved. The Chinese tried to tell Mandela not to invite the Dalai Lama here. He said, go to hell. He took him on a walk at, at Kestenbosch. Nobody in the world. The U.S. tried to stop him from bringing a Duffy. Gaddafi, Mama Gaddafi, and, and, and Yasser Arafat. He said, no, go to hell. These are my friends. That's leadership. That's backbone. We have enshrined in the, in the constitution of this country, the rights of the LGBTQI plus community. A number of years ago, South Africa decided to abstain on a vote at the UN. And, and you Google it, you'll find it. The then minister of foreign affairs, the one who said she had a hole in her head. Uh, yeah, that one. She said, she was asked, but guys, how can you do that? I mean, these rights are enshrined in your constitution. Her response was, well, we, South Africa, cannot be seen to be walking too, uh, too far ahead of our African peers. That's nonsense. Leadership. And how demeaning. Leadership is how demeaning sometimes about the rest of Africa. Exactly. Leadership is not a, a, a popularity contest. I mean, there will be lonely moments where you, you have to stand up. You don't explain things with arrogance and with I'm the boss. You explain so people can understand. And Mandela was able to do it. Mandela was able to say a lot of things from a moral high ground. Mm-hmm. The thing is, when you as a leader don't have the moral high ground, you are not able to have those conversations. That's why Ramaphosa is not able to, to, to say to his comrades who still get out of here. That's not acceptable because they have other fingers that are going to point at him. So as the minute the leader is not able to set the tone from the front, the exam to lead, to leave, to live, the values from the front to say, this is acceptable. This is not acceptable. And this is what you do when the not acceptable happens. When the leader loses that, everything gets lost. And you think we have enough of those values in place, even now, after a number of years of real hardship and really bad leadership and situations like yours where you had to leave the country and there are many other people who've lost loved ones. There are people who've lost their jobs. There are yeah. people since COVID who've also lost everything. There are all kinds of things that government has done to impede people's happiness, mm-hmm. yeah. freedom, value system. Yeah. You think we still have enough to be able to cobble together a mission statement for what South Africa could be? The founding documents have not been changed or discarded. What we have lost are leaders who are able to live to those things. Mm. What we need is mm-hmm. somebody to stand up and say, guys, let's remember who we are. We don't have that person in the current crop of leaders. We haven't had that person for, for many, many years. You can't lead South Africa on the basis that some people belong more than other people. You can't. It's not going right. to work. Whether you, no matter who you are, you need to say, guys, there are wins and there are losses. We've got to, this is the pi- the price to pay for being in any relationship, in a, whether it's any relationship really, is is it's win and take, it's, uh, win and lose, right? You you, you get some, you lose some. Yeah. You you you. The minute you go into a relationship, said and say. I'm the, the winner takes all zero sum games. I'm the boss. I get everything I want. Then don't go into a relationship. It's not going to last. So we, the people of South Africa, are in a relationship and we have to respect that, that, that pact. But the people in the front who are leaders, who we choose as leaders, elect as leaders, they have to never forget that. They have to for, always remember the pain that we come from, the journey that we're trying okay, to be but on. You, you and I both know people like Becky Taylor mm-hmm. and, uh, 
Quedemantache. And, and I, I will name names because yeah. I don't really yeah. care. And, yeah. and you know, these are not people who care about no. what it means to be a leader. No. And they don't respect the people who elected no. them. No. In fact, Becky Taylor has made it quite clear. He looks down on most of the people. But Ramaphosa too. Ramaphosa, Ramaphosa too. We, we, what is he doing every day? I, I, I wanted to ask you. you you've the, been around these politicians a lot more than I have. No, what is he doing all day? We don't even see him. No, I'm not around them. They could poison me or something. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Ramaphosa is a, I always describe him as, you know, I've been scammed before. Time. These guys yes. spent about two months with me. By the time they walked away, they walked away with all my savings. They, were, they never were rude oh. to me. They were charming. They were, and the next thing they were gone. Ramaphosa is that guy. He smiles. You really like, you want to laugh. You want to hug him. He's like a tight, you know, guy you want to hug him. He, mm-hmm. dance, he could dance with you and laugh at himself. Right. But he pretends has, to be your friend. No, what he has forgotten, and like many other leaders in the ANC, is that when you're president of a country such as ours, with the history that we have, you are being given a relay in a race. You need to run the distance with the relay, take it as far away as possible from away when you took it and give it to the next person. These people become presidents. That's why I'm saying there's too much power in the presidency. We need to have a conversation about having a multi-party, some kind of national council, multi-party council with that that governs South Africa with a president who is just a symbolic president. So who acts more like a the chairman of a board. So, the, so mm. Gareth, you're going to be president head for the next twelve months. As yeah. opposed to yeah. head you're of the one who meets the foreign visitors. We go to the UN, but you don't have power. You don't. You're not going to. You're not going to go, go out there and behave as if South Africa belongs to you. This country belongs to the people. We need to take back the power into the hands, into the diverse people. Okay. Of South Africans. All right. Then, I mean, there's also this thing I want to discuss with you because you again have some interesting insights here. I've, I've heard some of them before, but I want you to have a chance to explain it at length. Yeah. Business and government have a very, very odd relationship. When it works, it works very well and they can help, you know, during COVID, whether you liked it or didn't, business helped the government to react fast. There were a lot of people who helped put money in. I don't know whether it worked or not, but you could see the cooperation was instant. When there's a purpose, there's a cause, there's a vision, everybody jumps to. The other side of that is that there are a lot of people in business who are as skellum, as crooked as the people in government. Right. And one hand has to feed the other, wash the other. It's that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And and we know that there are bad people in, in business. We also know that it's much, much worse to waste public money than it is to waste private money. You know, if someone yeah. buys a company for too much or whatever, that's their money. Right. But if you're wasting taxpayers' money, it's much, much worse. How do you see the the development of the relationship between business and government? Over the last 10 years, and where do you see it going? It's been said over and over again. I've also written about it. Business South Africa collectively needs to be clear on what is accept- acceptable and what is not. But the thing is they have vested interest in some of the corruption that we've seen. Mm-hmm. The banks have benefited. The, 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 mm-hmm. the auditing industry has benefited. So these guys, I've spoken to a lot of these guys, they are afraid to to speak truth to power because they have important contracts with government. Someone could say, say a cellular company would have a department, you know, preferring it or a bank would have all, a whole yeah. department of government banking with it and all this stuff. So they are afraid that if they speak, if they say, no, this is not acceptable, the government could, is it, no, the government, the politicians know how to play that tool, you know, that to, to weaponize it as it were. They'll, 
just simply to take the contract and, and give it to somebody else. And you, as the CEO, your shareholders don't care. You, you do it. You lost a big account. Get out of here. Absolutely. Then they'll find somebody else who will play the game. So we, the people, the ordinary people, are, are caught between the interests of private business and, and government. And business needs to stand up. On it. They need to say, okay. But there's no, there's no courage there. No, there's no courage. And you have leaders like Mabusisu Mavuso, but, but she is, and Bernard Mahale at the time who spoke, but they are yeah. not business owners. They are, they are, you know, they, but I can tell you that a lot of business people support what these people say in public, they will not say it themselves. They're not going to say, yes, 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 please tell them. Or even put their money where those guys' mouths yeah. are. And when, when the ANC says we need money here, many of those people will put money in. They even right. know when, even when they know that money is going to places where it shouldn't go. So the corruption, the beast is being fed by the business community. It's very hard to, how do you, ex- how do you separate those? But yeah. they need, you need, they need to grow conscience. They, they really need to get to a point where they say, guys, if you want to grow a growing, uh, inclusive, thriving economy over time, we have to agree on the basics. We can't support X, Y, Z. But they themselves mm-hmm. are waiting for the other guys to stand up first and nobody's standing up. The other thing that always gets brought up and it usually comes up at election time. And as you said, you were on a blacklist because you criticized the ANC, but they also, always drive the race narrative when it suits them. Yeah, I'm not just talking about the ANC, but a lot of politicians mm-hmm. in South Africa. Yes. And I am just absolutely flabbergasted how, you know, I finished school just after 94, 95 was my matric year. Mm-hmm. And I think race relations were better mm-hmm. a year after apartheid ended mm-hmm. than they are now. And I can't help thinking that there are people in government who, if anything, have made race relations worse, whether that's been in, intentional or not, mm-hmm. because they've even made their own supporters start thinking pretty backward, horrible things of because of the way they've behaved. Yeah. They, they, they were there to represent the best of us, and they've ended up representing the worst of us. Look, and I think that's had an, a, a very detrimental effect on race relations. Yeah. Do you Look, agree? The same thing I said about presidents taking a relay and having to run as far as possible, give it to the next person. People who've been in various levels of leadership in South Africa have forgotten what we, as, as part of Project South Africa, are trying to achieve. So they think it's about themselves. And they will do whatever it is to entrench themselves in position to create fear, mm-hmm. I met not too long ago a, if we met a black South African lady who's done well, has two very expensive cars, a big house. She's, she's in marketing. And, and, we, and she said this to me, I almost fell out of my chair. She said, Sully, do you realize that if we take the ANC out of power, apartheid will return? There's <laughs> a lot of people. There are a lot of people who believe that. There are a lot of people. To, I know what to say to her. Now, when you have people who say stuff like that, we are in trouble. We're even in more trouble because we don't have politicians who stand up and say, that's not true. There's no way. Nobody can ever bring that party back. You have to undo all that pieces, all those pieces of legislation that have been, that have been put place in, in, into, into, but in, it's, put it's in not, it's not even, it's not even that they won't say that's not true. They actively encourage that kind of do. nonsense. It works you hear them. about people in rural parts of South Africa who are told by politicians in plain English, <laughs> maybe another language too, but plainly they are told. If you don't vote for us, 
You're not going to get your social grant. Of course. Your children will go hungry. Horrible threats. These are threats. They're basically extorting the vote from people. So corruption, uh, sorry, uh, poverty and lack of education are two very strong enemies of any democracy. Mm. Because poor people, you can just give little things. That's why you can pay somebody 200 rand and kill somebody because yeah. they wear the T-shirt. Yeah, so you can food. abuse the social grants if you don't get them, as we've just said. And people who don't know, which is the case, so there are people who still ask, who is there in Zuma? What is Zuma done? Come on, the evidence is, oh, this dude has damaged this country. Mm. Helped by the ANC, not on his own. The ANC defended, they shielded him 10 times or that so. That was then. the organization he needed to use so, to make this happen. So it's easy. We still live in a country where it's easy for an ANC politician to say, we are in this state because of white people or because of apartheid. If you say state capture out of corruption, the people, it's almost like people have been trained. So no, 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 but there was also corruption in apartheid. <laughs> so, oh, but then, but so you kind of, oh, let's go and arrest the criminals in apartheid during apartheid. But, but, so, but hello. to put not too fine a point on it, if you're a black person who criticizes government and say it could be state capture and the Zuma, then they say, oh, well, you've been bought. You are a, not only, I mean, it used to be bad enough that they would yeah. call you a coconut or an apologist for the old yeah, regime. Yeah. Or, yeah, but say, now it becomes, it becomes about your identity. I've received that a lot. Yeah, they say, yeah, okay, yeah. well, you're paymasters. Right. Because it, God forbid, <laughs> as a black person, you shouldn't have yeah, your own you agency. Say, you can't have those, those views when you're a black person. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a war of, of narratives, you know, and the thing is, if you keep quiet, other narratives are going to dominate and become the norm. So it's important to keep challenging those, those narratives. And I'm angry and I'm going to shut up now. I'm angry at, People like Ramaphosa, uh, those leaders like was the finance minister at the time of Mickey, all those that generation of Manuel, leaders, Manuel, Trevor Manuel, mm-hmm. and others who were there during the Mandela era, who keep quiet today when the young people say Mandela sold out, Mandela did yeah, just for himself. They're not defending him. Those guys should be the ones who stand up and say, "Not mm-hmm. true. Were they? This is exactly what happened. They're not saying anything." But also, I'm angry at those people. I think that. those young people might not want to listen anyway. No, but they must say something. The fact that well, people don't want to listen. The, listen. Look, we could all shut up because nobody's going to want to listen. And but then the, their voices is the one that dominates the narrative. Sally, across the board in South Africa, white yeah. people, black people, old, young, rich, poor, very unsophisticated grasp of politics. Yeah. Sometimes the fact that people think. For example, that the ANC rules the country right. shows that they don't know the difference between the government exactly. and the party like for starters. That. Yeah. Right, they're so, not the ruling party, so, they're governing, actually they're misgoverning. And, and, and I'm talking about educated people yeah, who have university degrees don't know this difference. Is it is a massively important distinction. And for us to have to start by explaining that stuff means we are way behind. I think Garat, I'm going back to go to the matter of the leadership. If we had a leader or a group of leaders who are able to articulate those things with, not with arrogance, but with empathy, with, um, you know, emotional intelligence, vision, who are able to say, guys, that's not true. This is what it is. Mm. And they must be prepared to be unpopular for a little while or for a medium term for a long time in some quarters. The thing is, if you're consistent and you say the truth, if you are a leader who is there to be loved, like Ramaphosa is, yeah. you will not achieve anything. Leadership is not meant to be a popularity contest. You will be unpopular in some, but if you explain to people over time, you will win some people over, not all of the people, but sure. you win some people 
we do not have, and we've never had that kind of person for too long in this country. That's why everyone is doing their own thing. Everything, economic sectors are being mafiaized, whether it's long distance transport, uh, energy, mm. education. People are taking over whatever they can. Now we hear Oligarchy. of ghost trains huh. in transit trains being run for criminal activities, coal and stuff. So because there's no central leadership with moral, it's important to have the moral high ground. But if you don't have it, then you can't preach it. So you said the United South Africa movement to some, yes. this organization that you're here in South Africa for now, you're not standing for election. Definitely not. So how much can you do? Because people always go, oh, well, then, you know, again, being cynical, mm -hmm. they go, oh, well, what difference can you make? If you're not going to actually run, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Just sit and talk on the sidelines? Well, we bring a multi-stakeholder uh, youth, people from, the, from, the, from different sectors of society, business, uh, labor, and all that. So we, at first, I must tell you that following the recent session, over the past 10 years, we've been running soft launches, engaging with different people. As I said, we had, at one point, political parties in the room, digital. We had civil society, more activists, some of them are old activists, where they were still mm. fighting for people who didn't get their dues after the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, etc. Mm. And we're saying, let's have a conversation about the country we want, okay? We are not... And some people said, but why don't you form a political party? I said, if, if, I, if we had formed a political parties, a lot of the people who came to us wouldn't have come to us because we'd just be one of the guys competing. So we're saying, let's have a conversation that is not about, I want so that I can, you can vote for me. I have no interest mm -hmm. in going into politics personally. Sorry, man. I have no interest in that. All right. But I have an interest in seeing a South Africa I can be proud again that works, that's, that's fair to everybody irrespective of who they are. That supports every South African child, irrespective of what they look like. In, in any case, for instance, I don't think we need race-based laws in South Africa. If no. you have a system that supports every child in South Africa who needs help, most people who are going to benefit from it are black because we, black people are most people. Of course, you why, raise, raise why the do tide you need all the boats. To, 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 uh, command your, to, um, to have policies that discriminate against minorities if you don't, we don't need them. Yeah, but you see, I think also, and this is where I need you to, as a communications guy, because right. that's also, yeah. you know, your strength. Right. We need to find a way of explaining to people that the cake isn't only this big mm -hmm. and you don't only feed Peter by stealing from Paul. No, no. We can grow this cake, this country under Tabombeki. Mm -hmm. You know, sure. If I ever made a mistake, it was believing that Bolokwane was a good thing mm -hmm. because although he had tendencies mm -hmm. of holding on for too long, mm -hmm. I almost wish he had. You know, if I look back, like I was, I was excited about the downfall yeah, of Mbeki. What a mistake that was. I feel <laughs> like such an idiot, but this cake is only this big thing right. is a big South African problem. Right. Someone needs to explain to everyone in this country, mm -hmm. because again, this is not dependent on your level of education mm -hmm. that if there's growth, like we had under Mbeki, we can all do better and ordinary people and People who think that they've got no chance at all mm. and people who are already in good jobs will all feel much more empowered. The whole thing will get better. We'll have more money to spend. Mm. We'll have more businesses thriving. Mm. There'll be more stuff going on, trade and investment. All of that needs to happen, but we need to grow the cake, and we are the ones who have to decide to do that. Yeah, Look, Gareth, there are many awesome South Africans of all colors, intelligent guys I respect and ladies I respect who say these things all the time, who write columns in Business Day, yeah. Sunday Times, yeah. News 24, all the time, who say these things all the time? I've been writing forever, 
saying these some of these so things. Again, what happens? So, so you can either continue writing forever. People have learned not to listen. You keep you can, you, you can say the truth. You know there are people in this country. Whom, to whom you could say, dude, you're standing in the middle of train tracks and there's a train coming down the way. <laughs> and depending on what you look like, they will not listen. They will stay, they will keep standing there. They will not listen to your truth because you are saying that if somebody else says it, they will listen. Okay. So that's why some of us, including myself, we decided, look, I could continue writing fancy articles, but yes, I'll be well written forever and die one day. <laughs> or we say, okay, let's take this one stone that we have. This, is, this stone is now twosome. And let's work together to throw the stone at the beast and hope it moves. Hmm. Look, let me tell you the truth. And it's, this is it's scary, but it's true. If the ANC stays powerful next year in power, I'll probably not return to live in South Africa. There's no way. Sorry. For me, coming to South Africa is returning to the house that you fled because of the abusive partner. Now you're returning because you miss the parties and the dinners and the outings, but the abusive partner is still there and the abusive partner is still, is still, is still I'm not returning to this country if the ANC is still there. And I know well, that the IC is controlled by the ANC. There are lots of conversations we're not having. The ANC, people have said stuff, okay, maybe I need to be careful because I don't want to expose people. But the point is we need to have to create buffers around our democratic institutions, including the, the ANC, the, the IEC, the so-called IEC. Okay. Because you could, people think when you're wearing your fancy t-shirt and shirt at the election, on election day, you're observing nobody's clapping somebody else. Okay. The elections are free fair. They stolen long before they happen. Okay. Who runs the IT system? Who prints the ballot papers? Who transports them? Who stores them? Who controls the, pet, the, the, the polling stations? People, we are naive. We don't read. We don't, we make decisions on tweets. We don't read long documents yeah, because yeah. it's too long. It's too much stuff is being thrown at us. So the ignorance is working for the beast. It makes me very nervous. And the fact that you say you might not return to this country if the ANC win again, the, the, the truth, the ugly truth of this country that I think few, few people talk about, even though I think we all realize it is that we have lost so many brilliant people already. Yeah. You know, I know ANC people I know. who've sent their children overseas. They don't believe in the country. And they tell These the children who don't are, come back. They're in the beast. Yeah. I know. I know. Look, I also speak to all these uh wonderful people who are who attempt uh whistleblowers. I mean Arthur Williams I talk to him all the yeah, time. Sure. Uh, he's languishing out there and uh, he wants to come back home. And, but even the ANC is apparently now preparing to give an award to uh, some dude who benefited in state capture, who's mentioned in his, in his, in his book. And so this, this culture of impunity is painful. So when you come here, nobody wants to touch you. The people that we're referring to in the business world don't want to employ you because then they will lose their contracts with government. Mm-hmm. This is what happened to Vuzipigul. Vuzipigul was a hardcore ANC person mm-hmm. that, that, that auditing firm fired him because the ANC said, if you keep this dude, that you're losing the contract over there. And it happened to many people. Not everyone goes to, becomes, comes here to be interviewed or writes a book, goes on to whatever to make it out there. And a lot of people are silently have been reduced. They're the professionals with expertise, with knowledge who could contribute handsomely to this country. But because they, they are also values driven people. Who will, who know what public interest means and who value public interest, they cannot fit into the system. To Mathangoi a little while ago, she's right. a whistleblower at uh, Transnet. Yeah. Incredibly brave woman who is yeah. doing her damnest to 
make sure that that parastatal is held to account for its absolutely appalling decisions and that the leaders who made these decisions and were craven are, are accountable for their terrible decisions. And she's having such a tough time. I mean, like you, like so many Ethel Williams you mentioned earlier, the good people get punished. The bad ones get away with it. Who's been arrested for state capture? Zero. I know a friend, I won't mention her name, who came from the PIC, uh, who was one of the witnesses Mm. at the the Zona Commission. She quietly, articulately said, this is what happened here. She told the truth. There have not been consequences. She went back to work at the institution. She was treated as a as a mad lady, like she'd lost her mind. Of course, but they didn't fire her. No, but they made sure that she doesn't get any promotion. She stays in that office, doing nothing. Probably she's a black woman. Hmm. That that blow by black people. Okay, so people do harsh things to other people. So I don't care about race. I really don't care. Sometimes when I've been in the most some some of the people who did the harshest things to me are black people. Some of the some of the people who've been there when I needed them are white people or kind of people. So I don't care about the race of the people. We need to get to a point where we judge people on the basis of what they do, what they say. That's what matters. But we need leadership that's able to drive that kind of thing. When you drive fear because you benefit from fear, you destroy a country. And they're destroying this country that way. I can't think of a better way to end this discussion because you've said it all. Um, you know, you will be on the right side of history. And what you've said, these are, these are not new ideas. These are the ideas of Martin Luther King Jr. Judge people by the content of the character and that kind of thing. And ultimately, whether you have an easy life now, I, I certainly hope you will at some point, Sully. But if you have an easy life now, you are a free man because you speak your mind. And you do speak truth to power. And there are a lot of those people who may have cushy and luxurious lives, but they live on the knife's edge. I don't think they sleep well, and I don't think they can go to bed with a good conscience, and I think they know who their masters are, and I don't think they like it. And it's just one thing. You know, people tend to think, oh, you live in Switzerland. You live this high life. That's not true. I live in a country that works. The the health system is amazing. Uh, It's safe. The government does what it must do. There are consequences for wrong. But I'm not a rich guy. I just live a simple life in a country where that works. That's the that's the difference. So don't think so. Oh, this is no, no. But but my point is, you're you're a free man. (laughs) Yes. You say what's what's on your mind. Without my freedom, what else am I left with? I think there are a lot of people who are going to wake up to that realization a little bit too long from now. And I think it hurts. I think it hurts when you're an old man and you look back on your life and you go, should have, should have, would have. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when no one else likes you anymore. You can have the biggest house. Yeah. You can have uh, achieved high office, mm. but ultimately to die in disgrace is yeah. probably the most horrible thing. And yeah. it will happen for a lot of these people, even if the law takes a long time. I want to look back one day at my life and say, you know what? I tried. Well, you're already, you, and you do in the present, you are trying. So God bless you. Listen, very lovely to have you here. Thank you. And I do hope that our next conversation will be all about how you were right (laughs) again and how things are going much, much better for us. But um, when you're back in South Africa, be sure to visit us and we will keep checking in with you on the burning platform if you, if you don't mind. Yeah, definitely. I like your conversations. I think we need, we need not to stop talking. No, no, no. It's not going to happen. Yeah. As, uh, as Don King said, whomsoever wants to come, yeah, let him come. Yeah, let the haters come. You know, 
damn straight. And you are, it's harder for you because you can say something people don't like. Yeah, he's racist. Uh, but That's how people get but away. But they've <laughs> called me. Now, see, once you've called me that, there's no power anymore. Right, right. Because right? now I don't care anymore. Because yeah. I know what kind of people are saying that. And they're not the kind of people who I actually care about what they think of me. Yeah. Whereas the ones who don't know me or the ones who do know to think a little sure. bit more. Anyway, I think you feel the same way. Sully, great to have you here. Thank, Thank you, you. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Cliffcentral.com.